Hello and welcome to the Side Netting Podcast, the place where we talk all the latest goings on in the world of football, play a couple of games and almost definitely go off on a tangent or two. I'm Connor Burke and I'm joined as always by my friend, my cousin, but most importantly my co-host Kieran Burke. Kieran, are we getting on? We're getting on very well for the, the old spooky special this week. Um, exciting time. Yeah, this, but the Scythe Netting podcast, if you, I don't actually know how to say this. Scythe? I think it's Scythe or Scythe. Or, it's the, the big like Grim Reaper. Big, the big Grim Reaper sword. Yeah, the curvy, curvy sword on the stick thing. I think it's Scythe, but we'll, we'll, we'll add on Scythe. We'll go with that. We'll go with it. Yeah. So yeah, Halloween season coming up. To really go for a, an absolutely horrendous cliche, not even a pun, is it? But who will have a scary weekend? Kieran, let's get into Whoa. the predictions straight off the bat. Last weekend, you won 6-5. Just because you got that Aston Villa win correct, I went the wrong way on that one. That was the difference maker on that so let's go straight into it first game we have Arsenal against Sheffield United we should be winning this game Kiers but it is Arsenal at home and it's Arsenal against a bottom tier team so the fear is always always going to be in there the fear is there um I'm going 3-1 Arsenal in this one everyone knows we can't keep a clean sheet at home so Sheffield United are bound to score one um and they've kind of they've done that quite a lot recently they've sort of Lost games narrowly, your two ones, your three ones. So I think I think we'll win comfortably enough. Knowing Arsenal, we're bound to have a bit of a a worry in there. Um bit of a fright. It will definitely not be plain sailing, but bit of a fright? Bit of a well, there we go. I didn't even do that intentionally <laughs> as well. There you go. But yeah, I I think we should have too much quality for them. So three one Arsenal for me. Yeah, coming off quite a poor performance since Chelsea last weekend, which I'm still completely baffled as to how we got out of that game with any points. Um, really speaks a lot to, to Chelsea's mentality that game, more so than than Arsenal's, I think, because as soon as we got our dodgy goal from Rice, thank you, Robert, Robert Sanchez, um, they just completely crumbled there. And really, we could have gone to win a game. We had no right of even getting a goal in. But as you say, we're not keeping a clean sheet at home. It's just not meant to. And the way David Ray is playing recently... Do you reckon he'll start? I reckon he will. He will. I think he will. He, I mean, he started in the Champions League um, this week as well. Obviously, done. Done. Okay. He still had a few well, well, moments. well. He that was, punch. I know, but he was actually getting. I've seen him get quite a lot of like praise from that game. Weirdly, I'll um, tell you who didn't praise him. Thierry Henry had the the old CBS okay. coverage on via very legal means, <laughs> and he was talking about. How his, to quote Thierry Henry, his heart skipped a beat like a prime Rizzle kicks and Ollie Murs. <laughs> he didn't say that last bit when when that punch happened and we got we got away with one there. It was a yeah, oh, God. down to the fates where that ball span out. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't want under- Ramsdale to start, yeah. but I just can't see it. Arteta has it's, his favourite. Yeah, now. I don't really understand it because I've not seen anything. That has him out and away. I still stick to what I said. I don't think he's a... I know people are losing their heads, but I don't think he's a bad keeper or even like a, a worse keeper by much of a stretch. But just at the minute, I do I do prefer Ramsdale. And if you're going to say, or if one of them it doesn't have a great run, I will switch. I'll switch in the 60th minute. Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Like, prove why you brought him in to be... To have an elite number one and an elite number yeah. two. Well, if, if Ramsdale that. can't get back in now... When will he get back in? Because 100%. because the amount of nervy moments Ray's had, it just 
there's just a general unsettled feeling around that back. Mm. Like for centre backs, like you want a keeper behind you that makes you feel comfortable. You know, you're comfortable playing back to them, reliable. There's just a general unsettled feeling yeah. for me watching Arsenal. When whenever it goes back to Raya now, there's a bit of like, oh, should should we should we shouldn't we like you know play it back? There's just the general you know mm. bit of calamity. Yeah, it could be like there. yeah, it could it's be just so harsh and yeah. that time of trying to eat, not ease him in. But he has only played what five games for Arsenal, four games for Arsenal. And it does take time to get that rhythm, but that also gives you another reason why why Ramsdale should start against the Sheffield United team. We did get unlucky against the and once again poor Man United team last week. We'll touch on in a moment. In fact, let's touch on it now against the poor Man United. So I've gone three one Arsenal as well. But Man United, they got lucky against Copenhagen um, in the Champions League this week. They just about beat rock bottom of the table, and now they're going up against a City team who are, are back up on their horse after a two one win to Brighton. Um, myself, I don't think it's going to be pretty. I've gone 5-1 Man City. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think United, the one positive for them is they've managed to scrape these results the past couple of games, which, you know, it's that cliche, oh, good teams grind out results even when they're playing poorly, but it's not a one-off for United this season. I think, I'm not sure there's a game they've not been poor in um, the whole season, to be honest, which is which is mad. From memory, recent seasons done quite well, V-City. Um, United at home as well. I've gone 2-1 Man City. I think it will be a lot closer than perhaps I think it might be. But I, I do still think City will take it. But I just, I think United, you know, they can pull a performance against City. It's, it's kind of like Spurs in recent years always seem to have their good game against Man City, which is a bit bit strange. So Yeah. The the thing with United, it seems to be like one game a season they'll get battered yeah. by City. And the other game they'll either give them a good game or beat them. So like just going through their recent record last season, first game of the season they lost six three and then they beat them two one in January. Season before that they lost four one and then two nil in a in a closer game. Um twenty twenty one they beat them two nil and drew nil nil earlier on in the season. So like back and back and forth, back and forth. They do have a good record against a recent record against them at Old Trafford or a solid recent record yeah. against them at Old Trafford. What score are you gone for, Chris? I, I went two one City. I think I still think they're legit, but I just I, I think they you know, it's always said, Oh, if Derby form goes out the window. I don't think that is the case, but it definitely it like on paper City should win very comfortably, yeah. but I just think it'll be it'll be closer than yeah than perhaps. For me, it's a terrible United team that don't like they have any confidence, cohesion, or mentality against a Man City team who, after a, a tricky couple of game spell, are bouncing back, are going to want to go for it after scraping-ish past Brighton. They were made to worry towards the end after that fatty goal, and they're going to want a statement. They lost to us. They lost to Wolves. They're going to be looking for a statement. I feel like they're playing a wounded-ish animal yeah. Man United this weekend. And personally, I don't think it's going to be pretty. Um, up next, we have our old friends, Kieran, Bournemouth at home against Burnley. Now, have I learned from the last couple <laughs> of weeks of, of saying that Bournemouth are going to get a result finally? No, no, I haven't. I've gone 2-1 Bournemouth. <laughs> uh, I've got to mention it as well. I asked you a couple of weeks ago whether it was a must-win game for Bournemouth. <laughs> Was it Everton? They lost. <laughs> Last week, 
Is it a must win v Wolves? Yes, they lost 2 1. How much more time are we given this man? Um, it's a must win against Burnley. <laughs> I think this really is a must win. I've gone 1 0 in this Ooh, one. Okay. Um, I think Bournemouth have just been so poor. I think there's going to be pressure on them now, which even despite recent results, they probably haven't felt as much pressure, I'd say, as on this week now with Burnley. Perhaps it's too early to say it's a six-pointer, but oh, based on... It's a big relegation scrap game. It is a big relegation game. To be honest, it's probably one of the... It'll probably be a decent game because of how, you know, close a game. And obviously, Bournemouth, they just... The one they've got coming up, kids, yeah. after this, these three games, they were their games to get points. Coming up, they've got City, Newcastle, then a very winnable game against Sheffield United, but we've seen how well they're doing winnable games recently. Then they've got Villa, Palace, Man United... Uh, like, tough, tough run. And we said before these three games, we, I think we both said they yeah. need to win. They need at least seven points, I think. Obviously, they're on track for none at the minute. And yeah, I've I've got a one-all draw. Burnley have not done anything special for me this year, but I, do, I just can't see either team doing enough to win the game. I, I think I, I see it being a one-all. Yeah, I can I can definitely understand that. I think Burnley just seem, seem easily... They seem to... They've got a game plan that just feels like it'll work in the championship, but they just seem to get easily overwhelmed yeah. in the Premier League at the moment. Um, and as we talk, we look at those fixtures they've got coming up, there's an international break there off the Newcastle game. I don't think we'll be seeing Iriola after oh, that. Oh, he's finally come round. Well, this is, what we've, this is what we've been saying, isn't it? That it, it was these three games, and if he doesn't do well in these yeah. three games, there was, because we said it in the last international break, it was like, there's another international break to come. That gives them two weeks to refresh. And I think he could be in danger. And I don't think there's any other managers really in danger. I, I think perhaps um, Heckenbottom Maybe. at Sheffield United. But I think it was a little bit more expected for Sheffield United to ha to really struggle, yeah. which probably buys him a bit more time. Um, Bournemouth, new project, new manager, like exciting football on paper, well, supposedly going to be exciting football. They've not had the results to match no, that. And to be honest, sure. they've not... From what I've seen of them, admittedly, mainly just through match of the day highlights and stuff, not really watching a full game. They've not They've not looked great. Obviously, we beat them 4-0, I think yeah. it was, and, and they were very poor against us. Yeah, so we'll see um, how they get on this weekend. Um, up next, we have Wolves against Newcastle. Newcastle on a fantastic run after a bit of a sticky start to the season. Yeah. They've been on a great run since the beginning of November, September sorry, when they lost to Brighton. After that, they've been flat out. And Wolves on a decent little run themselves. Not not lost in a few games. Beat City in that time. Drew with a very good Villa team in that time. Yeah. Beat a very poor Bournemouth team. Yeah, up up to 12 Wolves. I think they'll be, they'll be quite happy um, after... Bit of a tough start to the season, but they're starting to find their feet. Um, what score have you gone gone in this one? I've gone two one Newcastle. Okay. I think Newcastle will have the edge on them, but yeah. not by any any great stretch. I don't think it's going to be another four 0 like against Palace last weekend, but I do think they'll end up winning out. Yeah, I've gone similar. I've gone three one Newcastle. Same same sort of reasons. Um, I think they will have the quality. Obviously, Champions League might play a factor. Um, obviously, they'll play on Wednesday night. So yeah. A, perhaps a bit tough to get used to the two games a week. Bit of a thin squad, couple of injuries there. But I do think they will edge that one 3-1. One. Yeah, and the games they're playing as well in midweek, they're tough. big, energy-sapping, yeah. crowd-sapping games. They're not 
they're not just playing with all due respect. They're not just playing uh, a Lazio, a Len, Len, um, one of those sort of middle tier to lower tier European clubs. And even Len, to be fair, when you're away to Len, unbelievable atmosphere there. But those sort of middle tier, they're playing sort of your your top hitters and that's going to mentally wipe you out a little bit. But yeah, I think I think they'll end up coming through. Another team with European exploits, you've got Brighton against Fulham. Yeah, Brighton, they're just, they're a very good team, but they just, they're a bit up and down, aren't they? Um, yeah, no winning three for Brighton. Yeah, they're a bit up and down. I do think, I see this as the game they'll win. Um, I think I, I've gone 3-0 Brighton. Fulham, Fulham have looked quite poor for me recently. Obviously lost 2-0 at Spurs the, the week just gone. Just they they kind of lack a bit of oomph about them. Like when they go behind, I was saying that they came back for against us and bloody drew two. Yeah, but we're but we're an anomaly. Yeah, we we just yeah. love to what do I've, shit like yeah. that. What I've got written down is a mid-table team doing mid-table things. That's sort of how I feel about Fulham. I've gone two 0 Brighton. I think they'll win it win it quite easy. I think Fulham are going to continue to do what we said the other week. They're going to beat teams in and around them. They're going to comfortably lose to teams that are above them and they're just going to tick along and they're going to finish somewhere between 14th and 9th and they're going to be solid enough with that. Yeah. But no, nothing exciting about that Fulham team whatsoever. Yeah. Anything to add before we round up? No, agree on that. Um, Yeah, Brighton will be hoping to obviously pick up a win after a few tough weeks, but they definitely got the quality to do it. Yeah, 100%. So we'll, we'll dip in as always next week and see how those predictions get on. But before we round up for this half, Kiz, FPL. Yeah, a bit of a gloat for me this week. Back back up in top where I belong. Um, team name is League Toppers, and I've I've not really <laughs> been been following suit on that so far this season. So nice, nice week. Seventy six points. Jumped back in. Still, still, it's all very tight in our in our mini league. Um, so I'm only I'm ten points ahead of second. 13 points ahead of third and and obviously 33 ahead of yourself, which sounds like more than it is because you yeah, only need good, one good week mm. and, and you're right back in it. So, yeah, good week. I was happy with that. Um, good week for me. Yeah, good week for you. A solid week for me after some very, very poor week, 70 points, which I'll, I'll definitely take after a real dour run of games, especially after a near disaster waking up on Saturday after the deadline had hit, late on Saturday morning after the deadline had hit, I'm realising I hadn't done my team yet. Had me in fear for the weekend, but ended up ended up actually doing me a favour. I don't yeah. know if I would have got that many points had I have binned off some of the players. Douglas Louise, absolute saviour with a 15-point haul. Vissa bringing me an eight. Romero bringing me an eight. And then got Harland as captain getting a little points haul as well. A Kanji with a minus one doing me an absolute mischief there. Go, midway through the paths in those 3pm games, I had a clean sheet from Turner, had a clean sheet from Akanji, and then suddenly Luton come back in that game against Forest, Brighton get a goal against City, Akanji gets sent off, the fear. But this week is, we're finally going wild card. We're going, oh, we're going all out. Waited. Edison, gone. Estupinian, gone. Akanji, gone. De Sassi, gone. Luis Diaz, gone. Marcus Rashford, happy birthday, but goodbye. <laughs> you're gone. Oh, ruthless. Any um, hints on who you're bringing in? So, at the moment, Ariola's in, in goal. Okay. Paul Torres is in. I did have Gehi, but then I've now, ch- might be changing that to Simakas, because I know that Robertson's out. 
So they're both 4.5 million. So I'm tossing back up at the minute Simicast is in, but I might switch that background. I'm really not sure there. Um, Dan Byrne is in. I've brought in Mo Salah. My midfield, I've got okay. Mo Salah, Madison, Saka, um, and then just a cheap McTominay thrown in there as well. I've taken out Visser and brought in Archer because okay. then that gets me Watkins. Because I did have um, Isaac, and then in midweek he got injured in the Champions yeah. League game. So he just he was brought back in. He was straight shipped, back out. shipped straight back out. Um, the one I'm I'm sort of flicking with at the minute is downgrading Madison, and then that would allow me to bring in Callum Wilson as well. Okay. Yeah, so that's definitely a, get a run of games now with yeah, Isaac being up. That's a tightrope walk I'm, I'm on at the moment, but Ferguson also out as well. It's yeah. big, big changes. Big, big changes. At Lovey's actually. Big, big changes. I, I've made a couple of transfers this week myself. Oh, you got a um, so I got rid of my two Newcastle boys. Well, I've got Trippier as well, but I got rid of Isaac, obviously, picking up injury. And I had Elliot Anderson as well, who's also now flagging up as injured. So... Mm. Um, mate, it was a no-brainer, really. Yeah. Get rid of the players out that are injured, and I brought in Martinelli. We've we've got quite a nice run of games now. I think Martinelli's hitting a bit of form. I think he's he's like a bit annoyed that he was out injured. Mm. He's he's got that fire in him that he always has. Obviously, goal against City um, when he when he kind of came back in off the bench there, and obviously goal in the Champions League in midweek. And I brought in Osula as well up top, which was purely money. for money. He was the only 4.3 million striker I I could see on there. Um, so that was pure, purely to accommodate Martinelli coming in. I don't feel like I realised that you had Diaz. And I also didn't realise you didn't have Saka. Yeah, I didn't. And I did think about bringing Saka in, but just because he's a bit more... He's about 0.8 million more than Martinelli. It just wasn't really feasible without me kind of yeah. majorly changing my team. So I thought, the no-brainers, get the injured players out. Anderson was only like a 4.5 million player yeah. anyway, so he never really starts for me. So having having a kind of null player that's never yeah. going to play, it doesn't really bother me too much. Just just a quick mention on Gahey. I, I feel like I finally <laughs> gave in and played Yeah, and then... And uh, <laughs> as as anticipated, zero points for him last yeah. week. Um, four nil loss at Newcastle, and yeah, yeah, obviously four goals conceded, zero points. Yeah, I have point six to play with, so I might also get get rid of him or Simakas and bring in um, Anderson for Palace, but I'm not sure. Um, but we'll see how the FPL teams go on, as we'll always check in next week. So let's finish for part one, and in part two, we have a little Halloween special of a couple of classic podcast games. So up next, as it is a Halloween special of the Sky of Netting podcast. Sky of Netting podcast? What do, what do we land on? Scythe? Sky of? Uh, well, something big, like that. Big, big sword. <laughs> big sword. Big, big the, the Kirby big sword. sword. Podcast. Doesn't, doesn't scan as well, but we can actually say that one. <laughs> yeah. Stick to well, as we've seen previous weeks, there's not a lot I can pronounce. The correctly. Dominic Sabozlai podcast. <laughs> Uh, so we'll just stick to the to the basic vocab. Um, yeah. So yeah, as it's a Halloween special, anyway, we've got a little couple of Halloween games. The first of all is the return of Connor's big quiz, but especially Kieran, it's Connor versus Kieran's big quiz. So this week, myself and Kieran have five Halloween-based related, generally associated in some way, shape or form questions and we'll go back and forth answering them. Either it's whoever gets the most out of five, or if we both get the same amount correct, we have a little sudden death tiebreaker situation. Exciting stuff. I had to really 
switch on the brain this week to think of some quiz questions. Usually, just hand it over to yourself, and uh, you know, just just work yeah, away. Yeah. Do you actually do some some I work for this week? It's disgraceful. It's a disgrace. I'll never do it again. I will not be back. <laughs> uh, but oh. yeah. The the big thing though, kids, it's the, the road to Christmas, where whoever's got the least amount of points on a road to Christmas tally on our Christmas drinks episode will be doing a forfeit. I'm currently 2 0 down. So we've got to get some points on the board because nothing else is bloody helping me at the minute. Predictions, FPL, other games. So we need to go back to my bread and butter of a podcast, of a quiz on the podcast. You are what I believe is known as in the mud currently. I am currently mudded, but we're worming our way out. So, Kiers, do you want to go first? I'll go first. Why not? Let's uh, let's make a start. So the first question I've got for, for your good self. Hit me. So Arsenal played the day before Halloween last year at home to Nottingham Forest. What was the score? Loosely, loosely associated. <laughs> it's Halloween. close enough. The day, the day before. before. I was going to troll back and go, the last game I could find we played on Halloween, Fuck. but I thought it's going to be tough. I thought, you know, recency bias, you might have a better chance uh, last year. I wonder what time that game was that I'm trying to... Try and... <laughs> oh, I've not gone into that level of detail. I hope your questions do not specify kickoff. No, I'm I'm just thinking of what time it would have been for me because it was a it was a late game. Oh, the excuses are coming. I was in Australia. Blue... I couldn't oh, watch it. It was too early in the morning. Oh. Cry me a river. Come on. <laughs> oh, it was... It was a low-scoring game. I feel, I feel like that. I'm gonna say two-one to Arsenal. Two-one Arsenal. Um, low-scoring game. It was not. It was five-nil Arsenal. Oh, <laughs> I, I have zero recollection of that game. To be honest, neither did I. <laughs> Which is partly why I picked the question. Um, yeah, I'd, we don't tend to win games. I think it's something we've discussed previously. We don't tend to hammer teams, no. even the the so-called smaller teams. So, yeah, an unusual one, but there you go. There we go. Well, that's not gone off to a done. that's not gone off to a great start. Not an easy question no. by any means. So, my first two questions we we say loosely based. So, my first question is around tricks, oh. and my second question is around tricks. Oh, very nice. So, like the tricks based question. Which club has the most Premier League hat tricks? Oh, what all time? Or? All in the Premier League. In era. the Premier League era, which club has the most hat tricks? Oh, that's tough. Thank you. That's tough. Well, was... logically, I'd think it would be the traditional bigger six clubs because of City only really emerging more recent years. I'm going to rule them out. Chelsea probably as well. What when was the Prem starting in? 93. 92. 92. Okay, 92. So Chelsea, I think, only really although saying that, that's still 20 years worth of, of football. Um I'm gonna go for between United, Arsenal, Liverpool. Ooh, it's a big choice. I'm gonna choose one of those clubs, I think. What's he gonna go with? I have got the top five listed here. Okay. As I know, you'll be you'll be fascinated by that. Uh, for me, it's between those three. I'm going to try and kick bias out the window and maybe go over Arsenal. Who scores? United were known for a bit of Fergie time, at scraping results. But I'm trying to think who their big goal scorers obviously had Rooney, if, Ronaldo. But yeah. you think of league winners. I'm going to go. I'm going to go United. Okay. I'm going to go Man United. So I'll give you the top five here, kids, to really build some yeah. suspense. Ooh. Okay, so in fifth, with 29 
Hat tricks. It's Tottenham. Ooh. In fourth with 36. It is Man United. So that, so that tension's been blown very quickly. Uh, in third with 38 is Man City. Mm-hmm. In second with 40 is Arsenal. First with 42 is Liverpool. Fuck's sake. It was a, it was a 50-50 toss-up and I've, I've fucked it. I'm surprised at City, you know. Yeah. Like, they've only really, you know, last, what, 10, 10 mm. years? But I think some of the games they've had in that time. I think yeah. Aguero... I mean, Harlan's probably propped yeah. him right up. Well, I was going to say, I think, I think Aguero alone had like 12. Yeah. Well, Harland alone was, what, five last season? Ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. And he's already had one this season as well, I think. That's disgraceful. I know. Anyway, there you go. There I've, you go. Well, I've not great. I've staved him off for round one. So round two, Kiers, what you got for me? Second question. Another another Arsenal based one, but I I do promise after this it goes a bit more general football. Just didn't want to go all Arsenal. Arguably Arsenal's scariest, I've put brackets worst player here, and <laughs> someone that might feature in a conversation shortly. Uh, in recent years, Shogran Mustafi. Skodran? Oh, I'd say, say Shogran. But okay, I'm not sure. Got, well, that it's, would tie into Halloween film if he shocked Dran. So we'll go Mustafi anyway. The pronunciations <laughs> on this pod oh, so far brilliant. We've in been the second well. half hasn't been fantastic, but it's we good. move. Um, Professional pod. So Arsenal's Arsenal's scariest brackets worst player, arguably. In recent years, Mustafi made how many Premier League appearances whilst with the club? Fucking and I've, hell. No, hold up. I've been nice. If you get within 10, it's a correct answer. Okay, Premier kids. League, so just Premier how League appearances. I'm trying to think how long he was with. It is a tough one, but I, I've stipulated within ten to be oh. to give you a chance here. So just Premier League appearances. Okay, this isn't my answer, but my immediate gut instinct is in the fifties. I'm going to try and rationalise it in my head. Have a, have a think, think it through. So you think in a season it's 38 games, so it's going to be a lot more than 50. In a season got 38 games, I reckon he was a starter for two, three seasons, a couple, couple of years at least, I'd say. I'm going to go around... I'm going to hedge my bets. Yeah. And I'm going to go on a round number because that gives me basically a 20... A 20 gap. Yeah. I'm either thinking 70 or 80. I don't think he's past 100. And that could be that could be where I'm going wrong. That could be my undoing. But I don't feel like he's played 100 games. So I'm going to say 80. Final answer, 80? Yeah, but I'm not confident. It's 151. Fuck which off! Which really did surprise me as well. I really didn't think he played 100 games. That's that... He was a, he oh. pretty much started every game for like three seasons. I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, he. I didn't think he was with us that long either. So uh, we really did. We really were we, in the in We the suffered. <laughs> Christ. We suffered. Maybe we, we were, you know, you were underestimating our when suffering. We, when we do our bracket later on, kids, those stats are going to be bloody playing a factor on his <laughs> his contention. How much pain we oh endured. Oh, my but, God. Um, that's... Yeah. As we say, he, he could feature in slightly later conversation. But, yeah, tough. another tough one. Another a top, tough one. A top seed in the bracket. Yes. Uh, right, so, so. Two Arsenal-based questions and I've embarrassed myself. So that's a good start. Not easy ones, though. Let's just... We'll okay. give you some Talking practice. of Arsenal, oh. on the treat, in 2012, you and me, Kieran, you and I, we were treated 
to an Arsenal 7-3 victory over Newcastle, which we were both at, hence being treated. Name any of the scorers for Arsenal that day. I know Denver Bar scored for Newcastle. He he did as well. So I just need to name one scorer. One scorer for Arsenal. Theo Walcott. Yes, he scored three. He did. He He scored a hat-trick. I remember the goal where he fell over and got back up. Oh, I like see what you did there. And then he fell over and dribbled round a couple and dinked, did. dinked Tim Crow and go off, I believe it was. Walcott. Had, thing is with Walcott, it was a weird one. He's sort of, in, to be fair, there's a little group of players like that. I'd probably put Wilshere in that mm. group. Mm, maybe Ramsey, but he more had a season to go alongside yeah. it. Where during their time at Arsenal, they had these little bursts yeah. of like five to ten games where they were unplayable. And I don't know if it's because we watched Arsenal the most and the most focused on that, but it seems like we are the club where it has those sort of short-term bursts yeah. of of unreal... Lacazette had a couple of yeah, those. Yeah, it's the purple patch yeah. players. That purple... Never... Oh, Kieran John, that is beautiful. Purple patch, that could be a pod, pod title right there. <laughs> you've, you've smashed it there. Purple, purple patch, patch players. Side could be uh, coming our way too. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. They just never really had the glimpses, but they yeah. never quite... Never had a full season to go alongside it. Yeah. But they had like these little runs, these little purple patches, as you say, of like five to ten games of just unbelievable performances. Yeah. Like Abu Abu Diaby when he wasn't injured. One or two small, games. Small, <laughs> small pool there. Um, right. Into into round three we go then. And it's not looking good, Briff. I said no more Arsenal, but this it's not really about Arsenal, but it's a guy who's who's managed Arsenal before. So Count Dracula himself, Bruce Roy Emery. Uh, <laughs> oh, Count Dracula himself, Unai Emery, has on, that is loose. <laughs> that, is, that is loose. That is shocking. That is shocking behaviour. Loose. loose. Me and loose go together. I tell you. So, Count Dracula himself, Unai Emery, has managed Aston Villa, Lorca Deportiva, Almira, Valencia, Spartak Moscow. I didn't realise he managed so many clubs. Still mm-hmm. such as up. Sevilla, Arsenal, Villarreal, and which other club? And the clue is they are a top five leagues. Well, the so-called Can you say that again? Five. So Unai Emery has managed... Just say the clubs. Villa, Lorca Deportiva, Almira, Valencia, Spartak Moscow, Sevilla, Arsenal, Villarreal, and which other club? PSG. Correct. Well done. Oh, I was very rude to you. Clubs. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> the, what I thought might have thrown you off is the... The number of clubs that was oh, there. Because there's a lot in there, isn't there? He's known for managing PSG, but I thought the the yeah. kind of Swerve amount could throw you off. But yeah. well done. Good point there. Good point. One all then. One all. One all. Okay. Next up, this is a this is a double. Oh. In terms of relation, which Man United goal scorer? You <laughs> <laughs> said mine. Was born on Halloween, oh, nineteen ninety. Okay. See, at least, at least I linked it back around and not just gone for a, a pun or he looks like a vampire. <laughs> Man United goalscorer born in 97, so he'd be 26. My age. Which great is very, age. Great age. Which is very depressing. <sighs> 26, Man United goalscorer. Right, actually, so he's still be playing. As the famous him. saying goes, he's 25 till he's 26. <laughs> <laughs> he's 25. Um, well, United don't really have many goalscorers currently. I'm going to go... I think it's got to be Marcus Rashford, isn't it? It is indeed. You, when you said current there, current goal scorers, I thought you were going to go off a different track, but because he's not exactly a current goal oh, scorer. Yeah, true. But 
Yes. Talking about purple patch players. Yeah. Talk, maybe not talking, but we'll be talking around predictions as we go on the season. Not one of my best, Marcus Rashford, 25 plus. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd Martinelli, I think, to be second you, top scorer in the league. And yeah, I, and you had um, one league goal. You had Timber to replace Zinchenko, and then he got injured before the season could even start. I still, if he was fit, he would have done. Thing is, like, replacing Zinchenko, if you'd have said Tommy Assi, you would have. <laughs> Just Zinchenko yeah. to get replaced, bottom, bottom line, that's it. Um, right. So it's 2 1. Going on to the fourth round of questioning. Slight, slight leader. Right. So this one, I, I went down scary in terms of, you know, violent game. So next up, we've got the game with joint most red cards okay. in English league history came in 1997 in a game between Chesterfield and Plymouth Argyle. How many red cards were there? And interestingly, when I search this up, Two games in 1997 both had the same amount of red cards and they were both joint, hence why I said joint top um, in terms of red cards for English league game. First of all, I don't like this question. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I was going to go like any game, but you know, you get the likes of like Boca Juniors v River Plate and there's like every <laughs> single player and the bench gets sent off as well. Well, the most you can have is four and then it gets called off. Four for a single team. Yeah. Yeah. So it can't be more than eight. We'll go six. Final answer six. Fuck it, why not? It five. Oh, no. Five. I had it. It was on me too. You've asked me to basically pick a number between one and seven there. <laughs> yeah. And I realise I've left my questions open there. So if you'd have, if you'd have had a little peek over. I'm an honest man. Honestly. Okay. So not going well for me. I can taste... The, the vinegar, the vinegar <laughs> spiced Baileys at, at the moment. Oh, I'm not putting anything non-alcoholic in. <laughs> I'll just find the most rancid alcoholic drink I can find and, and mix it. I'm going to... Well, it's been a pleasure to do the podcast. 2023 has been a good year. We've, we've got a timeline now on the end. Uh, all good things come Okay, so end, I want all three of these. Oh, okay. he's getting a bit... Which classic Halloween villains share a name... With Limburg, Dawson, and Punchin. And I'd like first and last names of the villains. Which Halloween villains share a name with Limburg, Dawson, and Punchin? So Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that's one. Freddy Limburg. I don't really know like Halloween films and stuff. They're three of the most famous film characters, regardless of of it being Halloween for the most famous film characters the most famous scary movie characters Freddy Krueger you've got Michael Dawson yeah Mike, Mike Myers Mike Myers is correct from Halloween and then Freddy Jason Kru Punchin I don't know Jason oh I don't think I'm going to get this because that doesn't ring a bell the other two it was sort of no. an instant thing give, give me give me a no. give me a little think oh, okay. I thought you were going to say a clue absolutely not Jason I don't think I'm going to get this. It is Jason Punchin, former Crystal Palace player. Jason, Jason, Jason. So you've got Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street, Mike Myers from Halloween for Michael Dawson. Jason. Jason Punchin. I don't think I'm going to get this because no. there's no, there's no like, there's nothing sparking in my brain. I'm going to have to, going to have to pass on it. Jason Voorhees from Friday the 13th. I wouldn't have got that. I know. No. The, the name of the film rings a bell, but, but not the name, sadly. Yeah. 
horror films not my uh, no. forte. Good question though. Good question. Yeah, do you know what? I'm not big on the old the old horror scary films no, either. No. I don't. I'm a I'm a bit of a wimp when it comes yeah. to the old scary films. When it when it comes to like your Halloween films, I do like like a like a little cartoon, like a proper like a family a family yeah. number. A bit a bit like when it comes around to Christmas. Like yeah, those kind of more, vibes. More my vibe. What's yeah. your what is your go to Halloween film or episode? Have you got one that like every year well, you might? Ev- usually it's kind of. It's a film that kind of represents the transition from Halloween to Christmas, and it's Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, well. right? And I watched it the other day as well, actually. Good, good little film. Bangers, bangers in that film. Yeah, good film. And then you've got your your other sort of cartoony, cartoony family ones. Yeah. As well. Haunted Mansion, which has now three different versions one. of. There is a Muppets version, though, so that's immediately oh, that takes, the takes elite the one. Prime. I'm sure when we go to our Christmas episode, we'll be uh, discussing. discussing. <laughs> Certain Christmas films, which may or may or not had a great memories. Um, so yeah, round round five here, kids. Round number five here, kids. <laughs> the final question uh, is two all. It's two one, I believe, to me. It's two, is it two one? It's two one to it's, me. Oh, it's two one. Um, you can you can pull back a draw, but he's he's trying to add points on it. It's oh. there for all to see. We've got that live. <laughs> kind of trying to sneak. Um, I, I quite QB like. Sneak. I quite like this question. Well, let's find out. Kasper Schmeichel, the ex-Leicester City goalkeeper who shares his name with a well-known friendly ghost. He does indeed. Joined which French team after leaving Leicester? Oh, do you know what's really annoying? Is It's in my head. In your head. Because I nearly did a question based around Kasper oh. Schmeichel as well. well you, should, you should know it then. He's, he's even researched it before the pod. Is it Ren? Final answer? Yeah. It's not. It was Nice. Oh, fuck's sake. And that's not nice for you. It's not nice at all. (laughs) That's really annoying. I can't (laughs) lie to you. Because I was literally looking at it earlier when I was doing me when I was doing my own questions. That's really annoyed me. Well. Well, what can you do? It's it's another defeat. We'll do the, the the next question nonetheless, but I will say it's a it's a Premier League based poll and you've asked a question about a French football team, but oh, I digress. Come on, but he was he's most well known for playing but in when, the Premier League winning Leicester side. Where does he play now? Well he actually plays for Underlect. Um which Was weirdly that, enough Are they in League Two? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well known League Two ballers. Leighton Orion uh, and looked away. Weirdly though Schmeichel was only at Nice for a season, which I found quite weird when I when I looked into this question. Um, oh, so he's not even there now. What am not. I talking about? He's not. Oh, so yeah, I, there you go. Who knows where I got Ren from? But I was looking at him earlier because I was I was thinking the same lines as you with the old Casper. Casper yeah, that's for a Casper. Yeah. So my final question means nothing now, but my final question on Halloween 2021, Aston Villa hosted West Ham. Ooh. Which team won, or was it a draw? That's a tough question. 2021, West Ham were probably arguably a bet, the better side than Villa. Villa, I f- believe, were more... That could be completely wrong. But from memory, West Ham would have qualified for Europe that season. But then Villa-West Ham, I'm trying to think. Track record. You know, I'm going to go West Ham. West Ham win. And you'd be correct... West Ham won that game four one. Oh, bit of a bit of a hammer in there. Did Villa beat West Ham by four one recently? Just, yes, just it did. Just gone. It did. There you go. 
Yeah, well, I'll take that. 3-1 win on the day and a 3-0 win, is that now? 3-0. Overall? Yeah. Got a bit of catching up to do here, boy. Otherwise, uh, this Christmas episode's not going to be playing out too nicely for you. It's not looking good, Brev. It's really not. As a so wise man once said. We'll, we'll move on that frustrating, depressing, annoying moment for me there. And we'll get into this week's special bracket, this Halloween-based bracket. We've gone all in on the Halloween this week, kids. Ooh, spooky. Tip us <laughs> down the spine, is it? <laughs> Scare, scariest fucking... Scariest Ooh. pod going. Ooh, spooky. Thanks, kids. Ooh. <laughs> so, on this week's bracket, we are talking about the scariest players. So, the criteria for this is sort of a mix of if you see these players on your team's team sheet, you are terrified of them. Or maybe it's them on the opposing, the opposing team's team sheet and you're scared against playing them. Or they're just your, your basic hard men, scary players. And in one case, they're going to give you a little nibble. That's, that's the sort of criteria we were thinking. So my picks, and we'll go in seeding order. We have Roy Keane, Diego Costa, Pepe and Maniel Almunia. And Kiz, your picks? So in order, I had Oliver Kahn as my first pick. Um, I had, depending on how we decided to, to pronounce this first name, we got Mustafi um, in number two. I had Carlos Tevez as my third and Luis Suarez as number four. We'll start with the first game and then we'll get into reasonings, I think. Yeah. So the first game is my number one seed in Roy Keane and your number four seed in Luis Suarez. So Roy Keane... Quite self-explanatory, where just the grumpy Irishman. He, he, remind, he does like both me and Kieran have Irish parents, and he is basically my dad. So I have a lot of time for Roy Keane. But on on the basic, he is like a very scary footballer to come up against. You've got the old stuff in the tunnel with Vieira. You've got him trying to incapacitate uh, Harlan's dad. Yeah. Alf, basically his whole so persona, really. persona when he was man. playing football, yeah. and even now, to be fair, yeah. Yeah. is that he is the hard man to come up against. So yeah. he's got to go on this list, and he's got yeah. to be near the top of it. I, ne- I nearly went from myself. Um, a good choice, a good choice. My my pick then against Roy Keane was Luis Suarez. So it was qu- quite of a kind of multiple reasons for Suarez. Obviously, he's a great player, so scary in terms of coming up against. But the chomp has to factor in yeah. there. And he's also a bit scary looking as well. Like, he looks a bit a bit ratty. He does. So, um, and it's Halloween. He really, with the old vampire behaviour, he really fits into the theme. He does. Man. He does. So it's kind of a, a three-pronged approach here for Suarez. So I think the main reason was the chomp, to be honest, because I, I wanted to go outside of just, you know, he's mm. a good player, he's a bit scary to play against. I thought... Trying to think back to specific incidents, and obviously the the bite on Chiellini was a uh... Andovanovic. Oh, Andovanovic, of course, yeah, a double so bite. double bite, double bite, yeah. double reason there. Yeah, so. I was actually surprised he was he was your bottom seeded player. To he, I would have had him was, seeded quite high. Yeah, well, do you know what? I'll I'll go into my reasons for Tevez, but it's looks alone for Tevez because <laughs> he's just, he's an ugly fucker, isn't he? So um, and there's reasons for the other two as well. Um, but yeah, so perhaps harshly at number four, but yeah, a big a big contest was a big a big matchup. It's almost a rugby world cup level yeah. mistake in the draw in the here. Quarterfinals, the the battle of the heavy. It's got an Ireland New Zealand vibe. It does. Um, Roy Keane's your classic 
hard man. And as you said, now he does a lot of stuff in the media punditry, and he's still that kind of standoffish. Yeah, you wouldn't want to meet him down a dark alley. Well, you always see the things, things, don't you, about people approaching for pictures <laughs> and then basically telling them to piss off. <laughs> But I do have a real soft spot for Roy Keane. Uh, and considering that sort of history with Roy Keane and Arsenal and stuff, I shouldn't like Roy Keane as much as I do. Yeah. But he just, he has a warm place in my heart. And Micah Richards, you know like how an, an old an old Irish man with like their grandkid or something. Yeah. And you're like, oh, suddenly they're not that, they're not that mean yeah. and gruff anymore. Yeah. Micah Richards is like Roy someone Keane's warm, grandchild. Someone to warm the heart. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I do think steps him down in the scary list a bit more. Yeah. I, I think... I don't. I I definitely agree with the pick, but I think Roy Keane sometimes has that kind of. Don't know the way to put it, but that kind of stereotypical hard man yeah, persona. Classic. Maybe sometimes it's built up a bit more. I know, you know, back in the day he was a, feels a bit put on. He, yeah, it does a bit because when you look at Vieira, I think what Roy Keane was like five eleven. Like in terms of like pure presence, like Vieira, you'd say. Vieira would be, but then just the look, the death glare yeah. of a Roy Keane puts him up there. But yeah, I agree with the pick. Suarez, slightly different reasoning. You've obviously got scary to play against. Obviously, he was an unbelievable player on his day. I remember, I think it was the nutmeg on David Luiz in that Champions League game on the flick over someone's head as well, Vibai, and unbelievable player. And, and the two bites, but... I'm probably leaning towards Roy Keane slightly myself on this we, one. Weirdly, I'm leaning the other way. Oh, okay, okay. Like, I think there's arguments for both. Yeah, there's definitely arguments for both. I think I think Suarez, um, to be fair, you say about Suarez being a great player. Roy Keane coming up against Roy yeah, Keane in yeah, the midfield, yeah. like basically shut down Long teams. Day. Like, day. I think because of the Roy Keane in the middle, and you see that with players a lot now, don't you, where they just become a pundit yeah. and they're footballing ability is almost lost because yeah. of their pundit persona yeah. and Roy Keane is a massive one for that because like when he and I only saw, saw, saw the tail end or remember the tail end of his career yeah. sort of what 2004 to when did he retire I want to say 2007 yeah, around that mid-2000s mid yeah. I'd say and like even then like having him in your midfield is basically a lock yeah a lot like there's a reason that Man United team won, and he was a massive part of that. Yeah. So that alongside his hard man persona, but Suarez alongside being an unbelievable player, he was fucking biting folks. Like it's walking, hard to argue. Walking onto a field, you're either going to have Roy Keane <laughs> trying to snap your leg, or or Suarez turning into prime Robert Pattinson. Like yeah, what would you rather? I think as you said with with the Halloween theme, maybe yeah. maybe we've got to go Suarez. I think we've landed on Suarez here. We'll go Suarez. Suarez going going ahead. Slight upset perhaps in the. In the first one, well, it's it's bottom it's bottom seed against top seed there, so I'd say there's a there's a little surprise, a little upset, but I'm I'm happy, I'm happy to go along with it. Do you want to set us up on our next bracket there, Kiz? Yes. So next up we have Diego Costa against Carlos Tevez. Two very similar picks. This kind of South American, yeah. the South American bullish, bullish is the way yeah. I think I'd describe. Yeah. Thoughts for your your reasoning for Diego Costa then. It was like coming up against a prime Pasca Pablo Escobar, wasn't it? <laughs> like gruff, almost definitely dealing behind the changing rooms, <laughs> would would punch folks just for the crack. And also, he always scored against us. The sort of guy that would probably like drag his bollocks across your face <laughs> at a sleepover. <laughs> That's the vibes. <laughs> That's the vibes he gives me. You know what I mean? Like you'd wake up and big Diego <laughs> stood over you. Your lifeless body with just a big Brazilian bollock in your, in your face. You know what I mean. 
<laughs> you know what I mean. We've all been there. We know the we know the type. When you've been at a sleepover, <laughs> you got Big Diego there. Not one you want to invite to the slumber party. I've got to say. Um, yeah, Big Diego. He's one of those players. That just you love him if he's on your team, but you hate you hate. He's one of those proper shit house players that. Yeah, you love him when he's when he plays for your club, but you hate him if he doesn't, and you hate him at a sleepover as well. Yeah, do you want to talk us through Tevez? Hard to follow up on that. Um, Carlos Tevez, just take a look at him. That's all I'm going to say. If we had picture prompts on screen, I would be pulling up a lovely photo of Tevez. He just looks like the Tasmanian devil. He looks... He just looks like a scary man. Um... I'm back. If, if we're back in the room. He just, yeah, he's just a fuck. He's an ugly bastard, or it is the bottom line. That was the main reason. Him again. He's you could go down. He's a good player. He was a bit of a rough player to play against. Yeah. A bit. He had a nasty streak to him. But the main reason, it just have a look at him. He looks terrifying, but I don't. He wasn't as like nah, rough, Costa, yeah. rough and tumble as a Diego Costa. Like Diego Costa was very much like a dark artsy striker as well. He proper go little gouge of the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> we all remember where we were when when he was jumping up for a header against us when he rubbed his bollocks on Mertesacker's face. We all saw it. We saw the, it. The fact Don't that no, one, the fact that no one mentioned it is an absolute disgrace. Oh. But for that reason, and his, his sleepover shenanigans. <laughs> you can't tell me after holding pocket in that FA Cup final, we did not visit. What a house. statement. <laughs> Little bollocks through the letterbox sort of situation going on there. Anyway, aside from whether whether Costa's or not bollocks, that, whether or not this stays in the pod, I've not. We've oh, got... it's got to. It'd be a travesty if it doesn't. Um, <laughs> aside from Diego Costa and his his cojones, what are we what are we saying? I think Costa's through there. I think Costa. Costa. I, I think the ball bag merchant is through. <laughs> it has to. He has to really. Um, yeah, as you say, that typical fans' favourite. If he plays for your team, yeah, you hate him. If he doesn't, master of the dark arts and just a nasty, a nasty guy. Well, that sets up a, a massive semi-final number one here, kids. We've got Suarez, the biter, against Costa, the bullbag. <laughs> if that's not his new nickname going forward, is is he retired now? I think he might. I think be. he might be. You know, he plays for. For, does he still play for Wolves? Oh, Wolves? of course he was at Wolves last season, wasn't he? No, he plays for Campeonato Brasileiro. <laughs> no, that's a lie. That's the league. <laughs> he plays for Botafogo. In, oh, yeah, in Brazil. Yeah, okay. There you go. So he's still he's still knocking on. He was obviously at uh, Wolves last season. Well, any any Botafogo fans want to dial in? I, I hope that's the new the new nickname for him up top. Ballbag Botafogo. <laughs> Oh, apologies to twenty. But going back to earlier pods when the apologies list came out, there I think I think Diego Costa and Botafogo are both now be getting an apology. Yeah, we we have this is almost slander, isn't it? It's getting it's getting <laughs> run. Back to the the semi, the back, huge semi. Back to the massive semi. We've got staring right in front of us, almost <laughs> casting a shadow across us right now. Um, the actual things, Diego, like he was actually a real, just a brute of a striker. Like, Chelsea fans loved him because he was an absolute bastard. Yeah. And he scored goals. Not want to play And him. Suarez, like, alongside his shithousery, bloody Ghana, World Cup. Of course. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. 
Um, and then he bite folks. Like that's the that's the Suarez oh, argument right. is all is all battle through here. Um, I think I'm leaning. I think I've gone against both of me picks where Suarez is concerned. He was, to be fair, he was on me shortlist and then you picked him. Yeah. Um, I'm going Suarez here, Kiz. I'm leaning Suarez as well. Suarez is in the final. Congratulations. Chewy, Chewy Suarez himself. Okay. Now we'll go to the other side of the bracket. We've got a battle of goalkeepers here. Um, they got the GK. You've gone for for Oliver Kahn here, kids. I didn't think you were you you would have had much of a memory of Oliver Kahn, especially his sort of scary yeah. manners. I guess it's more when you think when you think back, and it's probably more social media type yeah. type hype around it. But he is the scary goalkeeper, isn't he? When you think back, like I, I was thinking back, Layman was obviously of that kind of. He was a close yeah, one for he, me. He, he nearly made my list. He me. was that kind of, but I think Khan was was the blueprint yeah. for mad keepers, and also like I think there's a clip of him literally strangling a striker. Yeah. Um, which I mean that that speaks for itself, really. And a fantastic goalkeeper. Oh, fantastic keeper. If we're talking scary to come up against. He was presence. Yeah. We don't want to drop drop that in too much, but he yeah. was a fantastic, he was fantastic goalkeeper. Keeper. And considering the goalkeeper's going up against, <laughs> I think it does need to be taught oh. how how good Oliver Kahn was because he's going up against a man that still... The only people that won't agree with me here is Watford fans because of that playoff semi-final. Yeah. But for everyone else, especially Arsenal fans, Manuel Almunia, Fucking hell. terrible. Just the name alone. I've literally dropped my head Yeah, as that name was mentioned. And I think we've spoke about him on the pod before. I think he well. has. He has had a few mentions. We, we've said friend of the pod before. I think he'd be foe of the pod, um, Almunia. He's definitely a been fun. all our shitter, oh. shitter brackets and five sides. So, so what way do you want to lean here, kids? Do you want to go for scary in terms of persona and his build, or do we go scary as in oh shit, we've got Almunia in goal? I'm terrified of what's about to happen. Well. I think we've not really gone down that path yet, so maybe we need to to mix it up a bit. I, in, yeah. I think, out of fear of having to just think about Armunia for another round, <laughs> um, which would slightly deter me, I'm ha- I'm happy to go to go Armunia. Obviously, Khan was just he was a scary bastard, but Armunia for the years of scariness I've had with him being in our net, I think Armunia yeah. takes it. So talking of scary Arsenal players at the back. Up next, we have Shokran Mustafi God. and Pepe. So Pepe, just an absolute bollocks of a player. And not a bollocks in terms of the Diego Costa card, <laughs> but bollocks in terms of just pure dark arts yes. distilled into a footballer. Yeah. Like, what more can you say about Pepe? Loves a red card, also a good defender. What a combination. Yeah. We said about Costa, master of the dark yeah. arts, but Pepe is the... Master 100%. Um, and I think longevity as well. Like Pepe, you go back years with Real and then even even recent years with Porto in the Champions League, yeah. he's still he's still going. He's he's shown no signs of letting up with his with his shithousery, which you love to see. And then obviously on the other foot, you've got Mustafi who going back to obviously early conversation, 151 Prem appearances. Shocking. Um, and phew, we can definitely think of a good few few times where he's been the sole sole reason for some real painful memories for us. Some of those massive defeats we've had, which seems a, a reoccurring theme on the pod right lately, talking about Arsenal's hammerings in recent years against big teams um, in the Arsenal team that were taking batterings. So, yeah, I, I, 
It's, it's a tough one. It's another one what path we go down, yeah. I think. He's only 31, Mustafi. I didn't realise Really? That. Yeah. Is he still playing? Yeah, yeah. Who's he with now? I'll, I'll try not to, to say the name of a league and actually <laughs> say the name of a club. Get the correct correct name this time. Oh, I don't know. My my research machine isn't working, so I can't say I care enough about Mustafi yeah. to, to find out. Whoever he's playing for, I do apologise. Poor Poor, poor fan You have my base. sympathies. Um, well, we've already gone with one poor Arsenal player. I don't feel like we need... We, we don't want to think about that in the yeah. semi. Um, yeah, I, I was leaning towards Pepe anyway, to be honest. He is the, as we say, the master of yeah. the dark arts, really. I'm happy we go Pepe. Big semi, then. Big semi. So we've got the two opposite ends of scary. We've got Almunia, who... The epitome of his scary time at Arsenal was watching him have to. I am sorry for mentioning this. Watch him have to walk on to the Champions League final. Oh, how could you? After Lehman got sent off, and he needs to walk on the pitch, and it all just goes wrong. I might just sit in silence now for the last I bit. The, of this. I think the rest of the pod should just be. Yeah. Oh dear. Uh, and then Pepe <laughs> to to go back to him. Like to still be doing doing what he's doing at forty years of age is ridiculous. Yeah, and to still be and such <laughs> a shit house is, at, is impressive. At the grown age of forty, yeah. is impressive, and I I think a Pepe Suarez final so really right. really distills the scary <laughs> theme down to a. It's it's only right, I think, and players that had many a, a good battle over the years between Real and, and Barcelona. Yeah, um, so I'm sure there was some real shithousery going on in those games. This is a tough one. Pepe v Suarez in the final. What's your gut tell you? We'll go with that. Weirdly, my gut's going Suarez. Same. Because it's not just a bit of shithousery. It's actual chomping people. Yeah. that's And that's, that's <laughs> and what's got him. he's hated by yeah. a whole nation as well. I, I didn't even factor that in originally. A couple of nations, but especially Ghana. Ghana. Like, I think Ghana fans out there yeah, will, yeah. will thank us for putting him as the the scariest, although they'll have to think about him. Yeah. He could also win a, a villain's bracket, which yeah. could be another another one we do. Yeah, He'd definitely be on there for that heathenous behaviour. But congratulations, Luis Suarez. You are our scariest player of all time. Kieran, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. A pleasure as always. Mostly a pleasure. Another loss on the on the sheet, which is never ideal. But a great bracket there. Hope everyone has a crack in Halloween. And we'll see you all next week. Stay spooky. My pet's on fire.